solutions, family, partners, friends, what is going on? There's never a dull day in the chemical and ingredient market. And what is happening in today's world? We have computer chip shortages, new and used car shortages, chlorine shortages, the lack of truck drivers is at an all-time high, young families are struggling to find diapers and infant formula, and if that's not bad enough, even the average Joe can't get his chicken wings, or even in some cases, bacon. This is absolute craziness. Welcome to the Smart Asses Podcast, where we let borons be borons. I'm Andy Erickson, your host, and I'm here with the bacon to my eggs, the cream to my coffee, the ketchup to my tater tots, the cube to my old-fashioned, my co-star and friend, the heartbreaker, Chris Ernst. Heartbreaker, man, how are you holding up these days? Andy, I am great, and I got to love the cube in an old-fashioned as well, I got to tell you. It's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, folks, we have an absolute prize-winning show for our listeners today. We are first going to bring in the czar of chloroalkali, Gary Gable, arguably the globe's most connected man in the business, who's going to give us the macro view of what's happening. And then we're going to bring in a couple of his soldiers, Smarty Marty and Tomcat, to give us a view from the boots on the ground. So let's get at it. All right, super pumped to have our next guest. We have a true legit leader, as well as the global subject matter expert of the chloroalkali business. It's Univar Solutions' very own czar, Gary Gable. Gary is the man of the people, just trying to sort out the day-to-day to make sure everybody's got a little juice. Gary, man, how you doing? You staying busy these days? We have no trouble staying busy in the chloroalkali business. It is keeping us hopping from shipping delays to rail issues to trucking issues to production issues. We've got it all going on right now. Sounds, sounds like you're having fun. All right, Gary, we have tens and tens of listeners outside the chemical industry, which is about as many as we do inside. But could you describe to us a little bit about when somebody says chloral alkali, what, is it, what, what, what do we mean by that? But the core alkali industry is basically a production process that takes a salt and produces chlorine. And as a chlorine byproduct of the chlorine production, you get an alkali. And the alkali differs based on the salt that is used. So you get chlorine from using a potassium salt, and you get chlorine producing a sodium salt. So KCL and NaCl, typical table salt, uh, is actually used, put in the solution, and then uh, put into an electrolysis process that creates the chlorine as a, as a gas and then creates caustic and or KOH, as, we're, as it's known, uh, as a liquid. And that product is then taken into the marketplace, uh, sold as a, as a liquid or a dry. The product can also be taken to an absolute dry flake or a bead and sold into uh, the chemical industry. And, and uh, uses are, are endless on, on both sides, the chlorine and the caustic. Awesome, Gary. Thanks for the uh, 101 level primer. For everybody, myself included. Uh, so you mentioned vessel space, you mentioned trucking, you mentioned product availability. There's a ton going on in the world right now, for sure. So two-part question, I guess, if you would. You know, first, can you give us a high level? What the heck's going on in in your world and in the marketplace, kind of broadly, from you know your thirty thousand foot view, and then maybe specific to to Ukraine. How does that impact trade flows, global chloralkali movements? No, we can we can tackle that. We're still. I'd love to tell you we understand it. We're still trying, but we're uh, we're going to do our uh, our best as we've we've kind of already put some of the motions in place to make some adjustments within our own business. But ultimately, the the product there's about 90 million tons of caustic soda that's produced around the world, and that's and about 10 to 15 million tons of that's actually loaded into a ship and actually a part of global trade. 
So it's not a small percent of the marketplace. As we see right now, and I'll, I'll start with the first question on the Ukraine, because it actually then affects really what's happening with vessel space and the movement of product around the world. The product not being produced in Ukraine, it has actually limited some exports that's coming out of the Mediterranean or Southern Europe. More importantly, the, actually, the war in the Ukraine has actually limited energy and particularly natural gas coming out of Russia, going into Europe and particularly into Germany, which is where most of the coracolite production in Europe is. The increase in cost of energy has made the European producers uncompetitive with the rest of the world, which means they have lowered their overall operating rates. That lower operating rates means they're producing, obviously, a less caustic end chlorine, which has increased the demand for both Chlorine derivatives, products like PVC, foam, fluorocarbons, those products are now being produced in the U.S. Gulf and being produced in Asia and increasing the demand for product going into Europe because actually the demand for these products is higher than what the production is right now, mainly driven by high energy costs. So it has changed the global trading patterns, not only for caustic soda, but it's also changed the tra trading patterns for in particularly PVC, which is the largest end use product for chlorine. And that for everybody's familiar with PVC, right? It's PVC pipe, it's plastic that goes into furniture, it goes into your car, it goes into almost any plastic thing you'll buy at a, at a Walmart or, or, or Target. And that PVC is really critical to the overall business. So it's moving around the world in a lot of different trade lanes. And it's creating now vessels, instead of a vessel taking 30 days to make a delivery, that vessel is taking 45 days to make a delivery because it's on the water longer. So it's tightened up the markets and it's really causing all kinds of challenges. We hope as we see, you know, things hopefully, you know, coming to a peaceful end in the Ukraine, we'll see things normalize a little bit more in Europe. But we actually are, are somewhat uh, uh, pessimistic on, on a return to normal. And we think that there's more of a longer term issue with the European chloralkylite business that maybe the trade lane changes we're seeing today will actually continue into uh, into the future. All right, Gary, you talked a little bit about some of the industry players. If you're going to give them some advice, what would you give them talking about the back half of this year? Well, I'd love to I'd love to have a crystal ball. The, uh, you know, the prices are up so high right now. Everybody in and payables as well as receivables is on me saying, why are these prices so high? So we're, we're getting all kinds of flack on both the coming and the going. Uh, so it's uh, it's a strange time, right? The commodity products in general are high. We're not only paying a lot of, a lot of money for gas at the gas pump. Uh, I just had to stop today and I paid almost you know, $5 a gallon for gas and that's here in Houston. So kind of scary to see where uh, where prices are going. But that inflation has actually come across all of the Coralcoli products too, as energy costs have gone up, shipping costs have gone up, price of the product has gone up. So we're now seeing prices, and if you look at where these products go, chlorine goes into plastics, as I mentioned, it goes into foam, it goes into fluorocarbons, it goes into pharmaceuticals, it goes into the production of oil and gas in the oil field in particular in the form of hydrochloric acid. And as you flip on the other side of that, you look at the caustic soda. Well, caustic soda goes into, on the world scale, aluminum is the largest market. We're all familiar with that. We're all probably drinking a little bit more beer now, so that's, you know, we're, we're doing our aluminum can work and trying to trying to help the caustic demand. At least that's what I tell myself. But as as you look going into other markets, pulp and paper uh, has been running very strong as we order or product, more products from Amazon, right? We're shipping, uh, shipping more boxes, so the pulp and paper demand is strong. But that box now costs you more. That aluminum can cost you more. Uh, everything is starting to inflate and 
Why is that happening? Partially because the cost of caustic soda is higher. The cost of chlorine is higher. The cost to treat the water in these production plants is higher. So we see really pressures that have come into our business over the last really 18 months that we, we think, if we look at going forward, we think we're probably at the peak. So if we were to look at, you know, what we look at the back half of the year, that things will calm. Uh, availability seems to be correcting itself. And until we get into late, a little bit later in the summer, I don't know if we're really going to see that clearly. But it does appear the world is taking a little bit of a breath and that the operating rates are better. And we're probably seeing a little bit of loss of demand on both the chlorine and caustic side. So as we see that loss of demand, it takes the pressure off the peaks, takes the pressure off the high pricing, and things will start to relax a little bit, we believe, on the pricing side. We don't think there's a cliff that's going to happen. We don't think pricing is going to drastically fall because the producers are also under this pressure and because we're equally seeing falling demand for chlorine-based products as we are caustic, that's ultimately going to lower the production of both. And so it's that it's that ratio of what what product falls in demand more it's going to tell you which product price falls more and so that's something that we'll see as we enter the end of summer but i think the the good news if there's a little bit of positive outlook on this from the consumer's perspective we think the height we're, we're kind of peaking in high price and prices should start to calm at least a little bit yeah great great stuff gary uh, for sure so Help everybody wrap it up here. What's one takeaway you'd like our listeners to have from this conversation? Yeah, we've been as Unibar, we've been in the commodity business a long time. Uh, we are the the brick and mortar of the organization. We have such uh, such expertise uh, in these products, and we have such a you know background in them in many many years. I'd, I'd love to add up all the the years of our our team in terms of the core alkali, but we probably have four to five hundred years of experience within our team. When you take it across all the, the drivers and people that are using or, or moving these products for us. But when you look at the history of these products, there's one one comment that we've lived with and high prices cure high prices. So ultimately, as we look at these these things moving up, this high price is going to slow demand down just as maybe use a little bit less gas right? take one less trip in your car. You're going to slow that demand down. The industry is beginning to do that. So we always know high prices cure high prices, and it's not going to last long. So just be ready. It's going to get uh, it, it'll, it'll get bumpy on the way down, but hopefully it doesn't last too long. This one's going to be different, and they all are. Awesome. Uh, really appreciate it, Gary. Thanks for your time. No problem, guys. The next man in the SA mix is no stranger to the chemical industry. He has cat-like reflexes and has been told he has as many as nine lives, many of which he's already blown through. All that being said, I'm not sure whether or not he always lands on his feet. So let's bring him in, the man, Tom Edmond, a.k.a. Tomcat. And that's cat with a K. TK, man, how you holding up these days? Doing pretty well, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're welcome, and thanks thanks for being here. All right, quick couple little icebreakers before we get into it. Two-part question here. Where is the darkest place on Earth that you've ever been? And part two, who was your favorite person you were there with? The darkest place on earth is a mine when you're driving around in an old World War II era Jeep and someone turns the lights off. And it's also eerily quiet except for the muffled sounds of Andy's sobs. All right. right. Talk to us. Give us a little history on who the Tomcat is and how did you find yourself working in this wild world of chemical distribution? 
I'm, I'm sure I took a wrong turn somewhere in life, Andy, but uh, my first turn was uh, to engineering. So I'm a chemical engineer. I produced this stuff for the longest time. So we're, I've been in essentially chloralkali for about 25 years. So we, you know, we've talked on the uh, earlier podcasts around different chemistries, different business units. Um, what makes the bulk chemical distribution business, caustic soda, different? Well, clearly Heartbreaker because it's the coolest product that we sell. But more technically, I suppose, it comes down to, to scale and uh, velocity. BCD team focuses on six big commodities. The scale is not just the fact that we move them in bulk, also that these six products are more than half the tonnage of the total company. And then the velocity is different in our business in the sense that customers consume at an equally fast pace, reliant on multiple deliveries a week or even multiples per day just to keep their plants running. So we understand how critical it is to get those products there when they need them and on time. All right, let's talk a little bit about security of supply, which seems to be a common theme these days. How do we make sure we don't run out of caustic soda where we need it? Uh, that's also a good one, Andy. And I tell you, sometimes it's a tough, tough job. You know, in the in big commodities like this, you know, scale help for us. That means we've got a lot of water and rail serve terminals. We we store a tremendous amount of caustic, and you know, each of those can back the other up. You know, there are challenges in the global marketplace. All these big commodities are all based on delivery, whether that's the last mile or rail or water. Each of those has been a challenge over the last 18 months or so. And generally, it, it comes down to making sure that you've always got something moving and there's always a full supply chain coming from somewhere. Uh, that can be across the water or it can be moving it across the state. Awesome, Tom. Appreciate that. So kind of final questions here. Give us the skinny on, you know, what, what else is going on in your world? And, and if you had one single takeaway for our listeners, what would that be? The, the single takeaway for caustic soda is that it's global. I think that in my 25 years, it's more global now than it ever was. Big macro events tend to push the caustic market one way or the other, whether it's how much supply is available or what that supply is going to cost. We look at macro trends here and abroad. Caustic is a ubiquitous product, goes into thousands of things. So a lot of things can push it one way or the other. And if there's a key takeaway for any of our customers, it plan, 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 plan ahead. All the manufacturers as well as all the distributors are relying on long lead times. Being able to look into the future and know how much we need to have and where we need it. That's a critical part of our business. Yeah, fantastic, Tom. Really appreciate the insight there and um, want to thank you for taking the time to join the Smart Acid podcast, giving us a peek into the world of scale and velocity and caustic soda and everything that is bulk chemical distribution. So thank you for the time and the insight. Perfect. Glad to help. All right, our next guest is an Ivy League grad, started 11 of 13 football soccer matches in 2011, his senior career for the Big Green. Would have been 13 of 13, however, he entered the season with an injury. He was known as Party Marty on the mean streets of Dartmouth, but here in the studio, he is known as Smarty Marty. But I guess with the name Martin Van Ness, one would expect an Ivy League scholar. Talk to us a little bit about who you are, which you kind of gave us a little background, and what do you do for Universe Solutions? As a product manager, I like to say we kind of wear three hats. You're doing procurement, so that's the supply side. Then you're doing the sales side, so you're aiding in the sales strategy. You're aiding in 
uh, pricing, um, constantly speaking to the sales reps that we have on the ground. And then the middle part is kind of the supply chain part. Depending on how the market is, uh, depending on how the overall U.S. economy is, I'm spending you know X amount of time wearing any of those hats. Sometimes I'm uh, really spending the time on the supply side to make sure that we're supplied at all of our East Coast terminals, uh, as well as our river uh, terminals. Uh, and sometimes uh, it's a it's a market where I have to spend a lot of time coming up with sales strategies and and helping to price out the caustic soda that we ultimately market into the caustic soda market. If you had one hot take, what would it be in the caustic soda arena? I guess when you look at supply and demand balance, you can talk about it all you want. You can look at um, U.S. producer operating rates. You can look at operating rates all throughout the the world. You can talk, how is the economy doing? Are we in an uh, expansionary or growth period in the economy? Uh, or are you kind of in a, in a recession, which seems to be the topic of the day? My hot take is that it doesn't really matter uh, as it relates to caustic soda. And the reason why I say that is it all kind of comes back down to the supply chain. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now is there's a difficulty to go after the targets that you had set out. There's a difficulty in trying to figure out supply and demand balances. There's almost an irrelevance of operating rates because if you can't move the product, what's the point? So we're, we're seeing it right now, and, and Gary might have alluded to some of this, but uh, if a U.S. producer is running well, they might not because of railroad issues, which we're seeing right now with the UP and the BN, um, might not be able to bring that product to market. Um, you're seeing some old equipment in terms of barges and vessels and things like that have to go into dry dock, so you can't move the product from the U.S. Gulf to, say, the East Coast or something like that. Um, you have these plants that, you know, some of them are 60, 70 years old that are seemingly failing at the same time and needing to go into unexpected turnarounds and, and maintenances and things like that. Um, and so the reliability of all of this is very tough to gauge. So you can do all of the analysis that you want, but at the end of the day, if our infrastructure within the U.S. supply chain doesn't allow us to move the product, then there's no point doing that analysis. So I, I'm dealing as a product manager and we as a caustic soda team have to deal with the reality of what the supply chain is. Um, and in addition to some to what I just mentioned, the barges, the rail cars, things like that, you know, storage as well. So these tanks need to be cleaned out every once in a while. They need to be repurposed. Um, there's a competition for tanks along the coastline for things like oil and and that's an ever-evolving market too. So um, really, if you can secure your supply chain, then I would say that things like a supply-demand analysis or a, um, a, a look at operating rates is more relevant. Uh, but if you can't, then I guess the hot take is that it's tough to see the U.S. economy being able to grow without the uh, investments in infrastructure or supply chain. That's great, Martin. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate you joining the podcast today. Appreciate all the insight and thanks for your time. Yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. 
That concludes our latest edition of the Smart Acid Podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Certainly would like to rethank all of our guests for their time and insight and knowledge. Another great episode. We appreciate them sharing it with us. Hope everybody has a great next month and start to your summer. And as Gary suggested, Andy and I are going to go try and use a little more aluminum and have a beer or two. Be good. Smart Acids breaking things down for the chemicals and food ingredients market one boron at a time.